Well, welcome into another edition of What Barry's Talking About from Barry 360. I'm Dan Blakely. On this week's program, we bid farewell to summer and say hello to fall this weekend. We take a look back at what was, well, an interesting summer of weather and take a look at what's in store for the fall. The annual police memorial run is underway. A collection of police officers running from Toronto to Ottawa for Sunday's Police and Peace Officers Memorial. We'll learn more about the run and how it helps the families of officers who have paid the ultimate price while protecting their communities. And women and their daughters will gather this weekend in Innisfil for the annual Mother-Daughter Empowerment Conference. But first, Barry Colts have one more preseason game to play before the regular season begins at home September 28th against North Bay. Barry 3 60s, Will Conkin gets a behind-the-scenes look at the team from Colts broadcaster and writer Gene Pereira. What are your initial thoughts on the Colts? Lots of change-up for their roster this coming up. Yeah, there's quite a few changes. Obviously, a lot of the familiar faces that we had seen over the past few years, Brant Clark and, uh, you know, Ethan Cardwell uh, and Evan Vierling, you know, some of the big names that really led the team last year and the last couple of years are gone. And, you know, some new faces coming in this year, uh, you know, starting with a, a couple of big European additions and uh, and some trades on that front. So I think, you know, the exciting team looking uh, looking forward with this team is a lot of new faces uh, that are expected to step into key roles right away. Who is or uh, can be kind of the, the core group for this team going forward? Well, I think, you know, obviously, uh, you know, last year you start with, you know, the first round pick from last year, Cole Baldwin, and he's had a huge summer, and uh, you know that he he got a lot of ice time because of injuries in the playoffs uh, with Veerling out. He kind of stepped into that major role, and you know that's tough for a rookie, but that kind of experience is really going to help. And you know, for Cole, you really got to give him credit. He worked really hard over the summer to improve his skating, and you can see uh, he's a lot quicker and. Uh, of course, the results playing through the summer, but uh, winning the gold medal medal with uh, at the Halinka Gretzky tournament with Canada, where he played a major role with that, uh, you know, had to be exciting for the Colts to watch him uh, be a key part of a, a really talented group. And then he's returned to Barry in camp, and you can see the difference in him. And I think he's going to step up and 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 really be one of those top six forwards. Um, you know, last year was kind of a, a learning way, and uh, obviously as well, you know, there have been some big additions up front uh, in terms of offense. You know, replacing guys like Cardwell and Veerling is going to be tough, but there are guys there that, uh, you know, the talent is there uh, with these new additions, and, you know, you can start obviously with uh, Edward Chalet, who's a uh, a Euro import uh, from Chechnya. He was drafted actually uh, last year, and the Colts had looked to get him in that Christmas time, but he ended up staying over there. And then, of course, this uh, offseason got drafted 20th overall by the Seattle Kraken. And uh, he's going to be, you know, he's a type of guy that can really dominate. He's a gifted playmaker, but as well, he's just a pure sniper, one of those guys with a great shot, and uh, he's going to be really, uh, you know, if the Colts are going to have any kind of success, he has to be a key part of that offense, and I think he will. He's got that much talent, and uh, it'll be kind of exciting watching him. As well, the Colts made a couple other deals, you know, to kind of address that. They they needed some offense going forward, and, uh, you know, one of their biggest deals with the Saginaw, the Brian Riley, or sorry, excuse me, Flint, 
uh, to bring in Riley Patterson, a player that had been looking to go, uh, you know, the NCAA route and uh, was committed uh, to, to go on the school route. But Barry made a trade for him, convinced him to come to the OHL. And, you know, this is a player, uh, Will, that, you know, can can dominate offensively. And, uh, you know, at a young age, uh, he was uh, he was named the uh, uh, the Tier 2 Player of the Year um, across, you know, uh, across Canada. I mean, he was one of the top scorers in his league at the age of 16. And uh, just a real gifted center from Burlington that, you know, the Colts are really excited about. And, you know, talking to Marty Williamson, he said, you know, he's the type of guy that he figures, you know, usually there's that adjustment, but he thinks with Riley that he can step in and, and be the offensive force he was last year, that he looks ready to make that jump. Um, as well, another guy uh, is uh, Endo Meyer, the, the other Euro uh, import from Switzerland. And, uh, again, uh, you know, kind of a bit of under the radar when he got Chalet. Everybody's kind of talking about him, but, you know, Marty's been excited with what he's seen from Meyer in camp. And, you know, the belief is, you know, there's a big adjustment coming over from for these European players. I mean, it's obviously not just on the ice, but, you know, off it and living uh, away from home and so on. But they're really excited what Endo can do and figure he can be a big part uh, of the offense. Uh, and, of course, uh, you know, you, you go to their first-round pick this year, uh, Shamar Moses. Again, uh, you know, we, we talked about last year about the Colts move to bring in size. They brought in Baldwin. They brought in Carter Lowe, kind of big forwards. And Moses is in that type, 6'1", 208 pounds, uh, a, a physical winger. And, you know, this is a guy that obviously there's going to be an adjustment period as a rookie, but when you watch him, he's not afraid to go into those kind of tough areas in front of the net, in the corners, and, uh, you know, he, he, I think he's, you know, Barry fans are going to love this kid. Uh, he's not afraid to put his nose wherever that puck is, he's going to be, uh, and he's certainly one to watch. Uh, another uh, another rookie, uh, possibly Jade Newton, uh, was a second-round pick, very gifted center from Whitby. And, again, uh, just one of these offensive guys that they're excited about and uh, and learning. And, you know, when you look at, uh, you know, bringing the guys back, of course, uh, you know, I, I think the player that everybody's kind of wishing that he gets that chance in pro and, you know, Bo Gelsma is just uh, – you know, if you, if you want to, if you want to take a player that you want to be an, exa- an example for everyone else to watch him, Bo Gelsman's a guy. I mean, he's just he's got a heart that's ten times the size of a regular heart when you watch him out there. He just works so hard, and uh, he gets the most out of his talent. And uh, and again, he's going to be kind of moving into that more leadership role and and, and being the guy up there. Uh, as well for the Barry Colts. Continuity is a, is a big thing. How important is it, and you had mentioned off-air, is it to uh, for head coach Marty Williamson to have his whole coaching staff back? Yeah, you know, Marty, Marty pointed that out to me, and, uh, you know, because he said, obviously with all the changes, uh, you know, that you, you talk about in the roster, but one of the nice things is that the, co- the coaching uh, staff is all back, and, uh you know, I think I think for Marty, you know, that that just makes a huge difference. I mean, the last few years through COVID and just the changes, uh, Chris Dennis going to Kitchener become a head coach, and and Taylor Carnivale leaving, and he got that kind of turnover. 
it's just nice to have you know the familiar faces behind the bench and the continuity in what you're teaching uh, the players. And you know, Philip Barsky uh, just had you know, I mean, Marty raved about him and Dylan Smoskowitz. Uh, you know, they had you know Dennis Martindale, and of course, goaltending coach David Bolitsky. So I think having that same that continuity with the message behind the bench where some of these uh, players are familiar now with these coaches. You don't get that turnover. So I, I think it's, uh, you know, it, it's something that Marty said, you know, it can't be kind of, uh, uh, you can't just ignore it. For him, it, it's a big factor coming in, uh, you know, that they don't have to go through that adjustment this year. We appreciate the uh, insight, Gene. Thanks again for chatting with us and uh, looking forward to another season ahead. Look forward to it, Will. Thanks. This is what Barry's talking about on Barry 360. I'm Dan Blakely, and we welcome back an old friend. Turning out to be really old, because it's been a while since you were here, Sarah Bamford from Barry Police. Uh, You've been on special assignment, but I hear you're coming back soon. That's not why you're here today. We'll get to that in a minute, but uh, uh, good to see you again. Yeah, it's great to see you. It's good to be back. One thing that hasn't changed over all the years you've been ignoring me (laughs) is is your involvement in the police memorial run, which is uh, coming up this weekend. That's right. So tell us about that, because it's, it's a huge event and it's very, very well received in all the communities you go through. That's right. This year marks the 19th anniversary for the National Police Memorial Run. And for those that aren't familiar with that, uh, the run to remember is a 460-kilometer relay that begins in Toronto at the police memorial site and it runs throughout various communities and it ends on Parliament Hill in Ottawa at the National Memorial. So this run, it's unique. Uh, It's one of a kind. It uh, raises awareness for the annual Police and Peace Officers Memorial Service, which is held annually on Parliament Hill in Ottawa on the last Sunday in September. Uh, The run has grown considerably over time, uh, we have over 280 runners from various police services from across the province. Annually, we have a contingency of officers from the Simcoe County area that take place in this run. It gives us an opportunity to remember our fallen colleagues, uh, to show support for their family. And it's our way of fulfilling a pledge and a commitment that we will never forget those who made that ultimate sacrifice And most importantly, just to continue the support for their families. Uh, What is nice about this run, it gives gives the opportunity for people in various communities to come out, even join in the run. Officers that can't uh, attend the memorial, uh, they can join us uh, throughout the route for those three days. This year is very significant. Uh, We're going to be remembering and honoring the 11 officers that died in the line of duty. So from across Canada. So this year is very unique. Um, It's going to bring a lot of heavy hearts. But again, we're there to remember these 11 officers and show support for their family. We raise money. And to date, we've raised $550,000. And this money goes directly towards the trust funds that are established for the family of the fallen officers. Uh, It goes to any construction of any memorial site being built to honour the fallen officers. And funds are also raised by runners. So these officers, aside from running the 460 kilometres, 
they're also raising money by selling T-shirts, and that money goes directly towards uh, the trust funds that are established for these families. If somebody wants to donate, how do they go about that? Can they can they throw you some uh, change as you're running by? Uh, they can actually go to the National Police Officers Memorial website. Um, all the information is there. There's pictures, there's videos from previous years. Did I read or hear somewhere that there's a, a cycling aspect to this from the police college as well down in Aylmer? Yep, that is the Ride to Remember. Okay. So the Ride to Remember is cyclists. Um, they start their journey from the Ontario Police College in Elmer. So their trek is a four-day trek. They leave from Elmer and they arrive in Ottawa on Saturday at the same time. So what happens is the runners and the cyclists, we both arrive in Ottawa and we both run through Ottawa and arrive on Parliament Hill together. And it's it's a spectacular sight to see. Uh, myself running this for years, I still, I'm, I'm lost for words. When I see us run up that hill on Parliament Hill and I look back and I see hundreds of officers running and hundreds of officers cycling. And it, it does, it draws in the public. The support you get when you're going through some of the communities. People come out, they're waving at you, they're talking with you, they're, they're engaging you. Absolutely. They come out, they wave, uh, they have posters. We run past homes and they have Canadian flags out. Um, and you have to remember, there are so many people out there. This this world is small and there's always a connection. So whether it be a friend or a family member uh, that was lost in the line of duty, um, it affects everybody. It affects communities, especially the smaller communities that we run through. And uh, what's significant is we have uh, 16 family members of the fallen officers who also take part in this three-day three day journey. And they are part of a group called SOUL, Survivors of Law Enforcement. And these are the families of these members, and they run with us. They run alongside of us. And I can tell you, since I've done this run, there are kids that ran with us when they were little, and you know what? They're... 16, 17, and they're towering over me now. And, you know, to see how they've grown over the years and they've thrived with the support, it, it's nice to see. And it, it really is. It's you, you, you do feel like a family. Give us the website again if people want more information and uh, if they want to make a donation and uh, a reminder of where this all begins. Absolutely. You can find everything on the National Police Officers Memorial uh, website. Uh, there is also a Twitter account and an Instagram account for the National Police Officers Memorial Run at 460. All right. And it's uh, leaves from Queen's Park on Thursday. That's right. So good to see you again. Don't be a stranger for as long next time, please. Absolutely. We miss you around here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Good luck with the run. Thank you. What Barry's Talking About is a weekly podcast featuring the best Barry and Simcoe County have to offer and more. We've covered a lot of ground since we began a year ago, met eight-year-old Riley Edwards McGuire of Angus, who's put the health needs of other kids ahead of her own special needs, raising huge amounts of money through her lemonade stands. We learned how to find cheap food items, groceries close to expiry by using the Too Good To Go app, and reminisced with singer-songwriter Biff Naked, who was celebrating the 25th anniversary of her breakthrough album, iBifficus. You can get caught up and make it easy to keep up in the future by subscribing to what Barry's talking about through any podcast distributor.
Still to come on what Barry's talking about, we look back at the summer and ahead to the fall as we get ready to switch seasons, and another mother-daughter empowerment conference happens this weekend at the Innisfil Public Library. Now this. It's cool to care. It's a well-known fact blood transfusion saves lives. It's also a well-known fact that the world relies on voluntary unpaid donations to fill the need for blood. The need for blood never ends. Canadian Blood Services in Barrie is calling on you to help save a life. Please consider donating today. Appointments are mandatory and must be booked in advance. Book today at blood.ca through the Give Blood app or by calling one 888 donate Cool to Care is brought to you by the Peggy Hill Team. Keeping it real all the way to sold. Reach out now at PeggyHill.com. It's Cool to Care with 107.5 Cool FM. This is what Barry's talking about on Barry 360. I'm Dan Blakely. Happy to be sitting on the dock of the bay on a beautiful late summer morning with... uh, our favorite seasonal allergy, <laughs> David Phillips, <laughs> Environment Canada's chief climatologist, and I say that with uh, much affection, <laughs> seasonal allergy, because it's always a pleasure talking to you. Summer about to uh, leave us, and it was a bit of an interesting one this year. It was, Dan. I, I appreciate it. I thought you were going to come down hard on me. No, never. On this one, and because I said it was going to be warmer than normal, and thank God it was rescued by, by September. And normally we close the book on it by the end of August, but September we had four days in Barrie above 30, and uh, and so the numbers look pretty good. It has also been a very dry month, so it kind of cut down the the load of rain that we got through. So so overall, I I would describe the summer as kind of very close to normal. I mean, if you crunched all the numbers, we're probably a point two of a degree warmer than normal. So we have three categories: warmer colder or normal. So this was clearly in the middle. And uh, so certainly, but, but, you know, shocking, it was really Southern Ontario was different than all of Canada. You know, if we look at Canada wide, I mean, a huge country, it was the warmest summer on record. Really. I mean, in 76 years, never has there been a warmer summer. And we led the way in places like British Columbia, in Alberta, in Newfoundland, in Labrador, and uh, in the Arctic, it was on fire. Of course, as the north goes, so goes the rest of Canada. I mean, we're just a little, a little spot on the map here in southern Ontario. But it was generally cooler than normal. The number of hot days, I think, was way down. It was actually going to be below normal until we got four in September. So we ended up in Barrie about, um, uh, I think, in total, about a 10 days where the temperature was above uh, a 30. And it wasn't very high. I mean, there were places in the Arctic that were warmer than Barrie. Uh, this this particular summer, so we normally we get seven of those days, so ten. So we save thirty percent on our air conditioning bills. I mean, the vegetation has never been greener; it's been lush. The trees loved it, and that's why I think the reward for putting up with the wetness that we had will be a, a, a really a good color change season. I mean, that that trees loved it, and uh, and there were no stress, no heat stress, and they it's, they really like the temperature. They're a little tougher people who like to wear t-shirts and and things like that, but but. There were no tornadoes in that. So my sense is it was one of these kind of, um, well, it was almost a vanilla kind of a, of a summer and uh, didn't have its moments. We had a couple of hours of smoke, but nothing compared to Ottawa's 200 hours and, and Calgary's 500 hours of smoke. I think we had maybe in total about 20 hours of smoke and it wasn't continuous, just over a, a few days. So, so my sense is we got off uh, pretty lucky uh, with regards to the, um, to the summer. 
Beautiful day today, sitting on the Barry waterfront. How many more of these kinds of days do you <laughs> think we're going to have through what's left of summer and into the fall? Well, it's always difficult in the fall. I, I love fall. It's my favorite season, not just because my birthday happens to be <laughs> in, in September. But, you know, I, I think it's free energy time. It's, it's something that, but often fall describes itself as one of being, you know, summer carrying on and winter getting a foothold. So really, we really talk about fall as being almost two seasons. I mean, you know you're not going to go to the beginning first day of winter without having the white stuff or having a killing frost. So it all depends on how much of that kind of early summer period you get and, and carries on. And I always think that, you know, in, like in Western Canada, they say, well, if you can get the first snowfall after Halloween, then you've won one. You know, you're ahead of the game. You're not, And usually there, you could be skiing on that snow in, in October 15th on Easter, too. I mean, right, it doesn't sort right. of come and go. But my sense is because of very warm waters. I think the other big story this year was with the fact that all the oceans were hot tubs. We saw it with the earth uh, the hurricanes. Um, we've seen it every wa- All the waters bathing Canada are, are torrid. They're, 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 we've never seen the oceans warmer. And right now, even the Arctic. Um, part of the reason why the Arctic was the warmest summer it ever had and the world was the warmest it ever had was because of the very warm waters. And that's alarming because really the oceans have actually taken up a lot of the heat from us from excess warming. Uh, but as they get warmer, they can't do that. I mean, there's, they can't absorb the gases like they did and so you know we could get more runaway warming it's one of the trigger effects or or um, not trigger effects it's one of the oh gosh the word has escaped me it's one of those kind of breaking points or or that that people talk about but certainly the warm waters will help us prevent those kind of cold waves from coming um i dare say that you know, if we go by last year, for example, we didn't have our first um, noticeable snowfall until the middle of November. And that's typically, it's probably a little later when it occurs. We typically have our first frost sometime late September, early October. Last year, it was um, the first killing frost, the one that would kill the, the, the growing was October 29th, you know, when it got down to, to minus two. So I think that this year, I think we can expect the same. Um, I don't think we've seen winters or summers last hurrah. I, I think that's not that it's going to return to 30 degrees. It's been that way in early October, one or two times. But generally, it's kind of this kind of room temperature kind of, of period. And um, great for opening the window and and uh, not and all this beautiful weather is free energy. It doesn't cost you anything. So my sense is our models are suggesting it will be warmer than normal in October and carrying through even that into November. But, you know, the thing we have to understand is that we're not talking, you know, July warmth. We're talking about a warmer than normal in October means how does it compare to previous Octobers, and when you actually look at the at the temperatures, uh, you find that, for example, that if you take August temperature, then October's average temperature is typically about eleven degrees cooler. So right away, you're not talking about, you're talking about sweater weather or jacket weather. You're not talking about skimpy no 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 garments on. 
So we have to understand that. And so when we talk about it being uh, above normal, we're really comparing it to other Octobers and not, not summer. So I think um, this is what we're going to see is the warmer waters and, uh, and, and the land is warmer. So it's going to kind of prevent some of that cold weather from coming. Oh, always a pleasure getting your insights and, uh, and we'll look forward to our chat in December. Well, I'm going to make a fearless forecast. We won't be sitting on this park bench <laughs> in December 21st talking about where is winter. <laughs> Won't you be shocked if we are? Well, uh, then knowing you, Dan, you'll have that on tape and you'll put it right in my face. I will. Count on. <laughs> David Phillips, a pleasure as always. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dan. Mothers and daughters will gather this weekend at the Innisfil Library for the Mother-Daughter Empowerment Conference, an educational, personal development, and growth mindset event for women and girls ages 7 and up. Barry 360's MJ gets the goods from founder Tara Filto and her daughter Sophia. Tell me about this really exciting event happening September 24th about Mother and Daughters Empowerment Conference. Yes, so it's the 2023 Mother Daughter Empower uh, Conference and Awards. And it's our first year hosting it right here in Simcoe County. We're super excited. It's a fun-filled day full of empowerment. It's geared towards both women of all ages, all generations, and girls ages 7 plus. Uh, We have two sets of panels going on. The first one is Who Runs the World, uh, which is women that are doing just that, the world and uh, most often in male dominant industries and our second set of panelists is uh, focused on body positivity so we all know how um, social media has such a huge impact on both women and girls so these are women that are showing up authentically with confidence both in person online uh, and they're there to share their tools and trips with our audience so there's a lot going on there's also five workshops that'll be going on simultaneously during the day uh, that you have access to and we are also highlighting over 25 female Female vendors and girl bosses that are running their own businesses that'll be there, um, both showcasing and selling their products and, and services. Um, and we also have the last part of the conference is geared towards the Empower Girl Awards. Uh, nominations are open till September the 15th, and that's for girls ages 7 to 19 who are making a difference within their homes, their communities, um, their schools. We want to hear from you. We want to celebrate those girls that are having an impact. I love when you say like um, ages of seven. I think that's so young and mostly because I have a daughter who's literally about to turn seven. (laughs) And I think it's so young, but it's never too young to teach them about like female positivity and being kind to each other and just, you know, like girls can do so much. And, you know, they they tend to get hammered with ideas so early in life that there's things they can't do. So it's never too early to counteract that. Absolutely. I have to agree. It's never too early. And I always love to share this stat because it's one of the reasons why we started this organization. So at age seven, a boys and girls confidence will be the same. But by age 14, a girl's confidence will decrease by 30% in comparison to boys of the same age. And we want to see a change in that stat for the next generation. Um, So when you think about things like confidence building, personal development, I only learned about the concept of personal development maybe within the the last decade. Um, So when we're introducing that to girls at such a young age, it really has the possibility of, of impacting them for the rest of their life. And Sophia, how do you feel about this event? This is not your first one, right? (laughs) Um, it's not my first event, but I think it's definitely going to be a really positive experience for many people. Perfect. Anything particular you're looking forward to to doing at this one or? Um, I'm definitely looking forward into the vendors and all the people that are going to be there to like enjoy it. 
And what's been the feedback from previous years of, of, of doing this? It's been amazing. We've actually had people come as far as Nova Scotia because they said that there's nothing else like there that brings together both generations of women. Um, and that is also one of the reasons why cre- we created this conference is we couldn't find anything out there. I love going to women empowerment conferences and awards and things like that, but I couldn't find anything that I could bring Sophia with me. So when we started this, Sophia was just seven years old um, and we were so eager to kind of welcome all women and girls. So you don't have to have a daughter necessarily to come to this conference. Um, you can you can come with your grandmother, your mom, your aunt. Um, it's really really geared to empowerment. But if you do have a young girl in your life, whether you're you know a teacher and maybe you want to bring somebody or a few students from your classroom, maybe you're a mentor, again an auntie that wants to bring a niece. Um, we really really encourage you to bring a young girl that's in your life to just empowerment and enjoy the day with them. And I mean, we talk about how much like little girls need empowerment, but I mean, we're, we're grown women. <laughs> we yes. need sometimes too. we tend to get, you know, I, sometimes our, our egos take a bit of a hit and it doesn't hurt to, for us to get a refresher on this empowerment. Absolutely. And it's also just super inspiring because I think even as women, as grown women, we always want to look for mentors that are maybe a few steps ahead of us, something that we can look up to and motivate us as well. So during the conference, we will have other women there as well. Um, that are included on our panel that we can be inspired by as well as as our daughters. All right, that's perfect. So when and where is this uh, happening? Yes, so September 24th, Sunday, September 24th, uh, from 11 to 3 p.m. Get your tickets in advance. You can head over to our website, uh, www.motherdaughterempower.org. Tickets are only $27 this year, and you could use code RADIO to get 20% off. Um, it's at the Idea Lab and Library on Innisfil Beach Road in Innisfil. We understand that you know financial situations are, are hard for a lot of families right now, so if anyone is is in need of uh, financial support to purchase their tickets, please reach out. We do have sponsored tickets available and we're happy um, to share that with anyone that is in need because we don't want financial your financial situation to be a barrier to attending the event. Okay, for sure. How can people reach out? Is there a number or a website? Or? Um, yeah, they can reach out through our website. We have a contact page there or they could also email us at hello at motherdaughterempower.org. And that's our program for this week. Thanks to MJ and Will for their input, to Matt Ladder for his technical touch, and to you for listening. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to What Barry's Talking About, rate it, review it. You can also keep up with What Barry's Talking About on X at Barry360, on our website, barry360.com. Some can still find us on Facebook. And there's our daily Kickstart podcast available from any streaming service and on our website. I'm Dan Blakely. Hope you'll join us again next week.